to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. We back. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. So, I ain't got no guests this week. Uh, I, I promise the next episode we're going to get back to reaching out to people. Doing some guests and some fight stories for y'all. But, I mean... <laughs> if you don't live under a rock, then I'm sure you've heard the news that we pretty much had a fight at the Oscars. So I wanted to hop on here for a bit and talk to y'all about that. You know what I mean? And uh, it just was crazy the whole Oscars thing, man. I obviously I wasn't watching the Oscars, and I was in Minnesota <laughs> this weekend. I was in Minnesota with. Alonzo Bowden working with him featuring for him out on the road and I mean it was good times you know uh, shouts out to the good people at the uh, Laugh Camp out in Minnesota which is a fairly new comedy club I was told you know new ownership and whatnot. so shouts out to Bill and all the staff the good people over there the good people of Minnesota shouts out to the wind in Minnesota. The wind is uh, a lot like Chicago, I'd say, where they got that whole lake effect thing going on. So I fucked around and forgot my scarf because I had a early morning flight. You know, flights be cheaper when you get them early morning, so I had to take what I could take, and I forgot my scarf, which I uh. I know I'm getting older because my neck used to didn't get cold, you know, when I was young. <laughs> but now, I, I, when I was in Philly a couple weeks ago, and I'm, my bad here, I'm driving around, so y'all still may hear, y'all may hear me cuss a motherfucker out or two, just ignore that or hit a blinker or whatnot. Like I said, I've just been real pressed for time lately. I, I got to do better with my time management, probably, or probably spending too much time looking at the too loud challenges on TikTok or which then lead to girls only fans but uh yeah I gotta do better so I don't gotta talk to y'all in the car although I say it's something kind of relaxing about it actually and it's it is efficient you know by the time I reach my destination boom I kill two birds with one stone Anyway, so yeah, my neck been getting cold. When I was in Philly, it was the same way. That wind was cutting, and I mean, obviously, it's February, March-ish, January-ish, winter-ish, so. But in years past, your boy never had to cover that neck up, but lately I've been getting some little colds, and I'm noticing that wind is, is hitting my neck a little different. I don't know. I think that's part of getting older. I ain't running as hot as I used to run, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I was in Minnesota this weekend, and I was upset I forgot my scarf. So, I paid like $15 for that scarf. It's a good thick one from Target, or Target, as the women say. So, I was disappointed that I was in such a cold place without it. But, Minnesota was interesting. Uh, You know, Minneapolis, it, the club was actually in St. Paul, which is kind of like, Minneapolis, St. Paul are like cousins or whatever, you know. I think 15 minutes apart. 
probably a little bit like how LeBron, when he left Cleveland, was like, I'm not from Cleveland, I'm from Akron. And like somebody said, hey man, that's one exit away. Like, cut it out, you're from Cleveland. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Minneapolis, which like, uh, you know, being from Indianapolis, people always mix us up. So it was good to finally see the place that people always mix us up with, you know. So people, yeah, man, I'm from Indianapolis. Oh man, that's dope. You from uh you know Minnesota, that's pretty cool. How's the Mall of America? And I gotta go, what? Hey man, uh so did you know George Floyd? What? Come again? Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, Minnesota was super cool, like chill, just Remind me of home, actually, you know. Not a lot going on after 10, although we, we got more going on than them. So, we definitely got more going on than them, I'll say that. But, uh, yeah. Remind me of home, Minnesota. Like I said, it was real chill, real cold, uh, a lot of shit closing early. And not just that. But uh, not just shit closing early, but it just, you know, we was downtown was where we stayed, and it was like nobody on the streets. <laughs> I, I say, you know what? Actually, let me not insult Indianapolis so much. We got more of a seed than they got, cause like I said, they down. We was downtown, and it just. It was not popping at all. And I don't know if it's because it was winter or hunting season or what. But it just, people was not, it wasn't a whole lot going on. And you know, usually when you hit downtown on a weekend, you see some activity, you see some movement. But we, we wasn't seeing anything. So it was just like, yo, <laughs> we, we started having to ask people. And when we ask people, like, well, what's going on? You know, what? where can we go get some food, some something? People was like, oh, nah, everything closed. And like I said, we was in St. Paul. They was like, you got to go to Minneapolis if you want to stay out late. And I like, by late, we mean, uh, <laughs> we mean 11 o'clock. So, yeah, it was interesting to say the least but like i said i liked it it did remind me of home not quite the same though like i said we got a little more popping in them but it reminded me of home and the way people were you know people were very uh what's the word i should say just humble chill down to earth all that stuff you know they appreciated the shows because you know, it's not a lot to do out there, so. And that's the thing y'all got to remember as a comic, you know, when you're in New York City or even L.A., you're playing the game on hard, you know. People, when you in New York or L.A. and people come to a comedy show, not that people don't have a good time, because people do, but people want you to, you know, dunk from the free throw line, you know, whereas, you know people in other states and on the road they're cool with you just laying it up like if you just smack the glass you know they ain't been out the house all week there ain't a lot of competition as far as what to do you know New York everyone's spoiled you know 
someone might have dropped by a show, you know, let's say Chappelle dropped by a show or Amy Schumer or whoever, you know, and that's the last comedy show people saw and now they're seeing you so they're you know the bar they expect the bar to be so high you know you got people who've been on movies and different stuff the Hannibals uh the SNLs the Michael Shays the Pete Davidson's just dropping in to clubs so people get a little spoiled because they can see that and then come see your bar show or whatever and go well this ain't measuring up to that Whereas, like I said, you know, you get out to where I'm from in Indy or Philly, even people haven't seen a whole lot of that. So they're looking at you like, yo, this is the first time I've ever seen comedy. Like I said, you, you, you know, you could smack it off the glass and boom, that's enough. That's like a 360 dunk to them. But yeah, that minute, it was fun. Like I said, good people, good crowds, four shows. Alonzo got so many applause breaks. I mean, I really just kind of sit at the back and study, dude. And I had to pinch myself a little because it's like, you know, coming up in Indiana. I started around the time that Alonzo Bowden won, I think, season three of Last Comic Standing. So, pinching myself a little because I'm going, man, this is kind of crazy, actually. And I mean, I get beside myself a little. There are days where I'm like, yo, you should be doing more. You should be doing this, doing that. But it's like, you know, reminded you, you got to remind yourself that you're so far from where you started. Like, you might not be where you want to be, but you so fucking far from where you started. But yeah, Minneapolis was good. Uh, we found this diner, Mickey's Diner out there, which had some good ass food and it's actually open 24 hours so if you uh ever in minneapolis and everything's closed just pull up at mickey's and uh anything else that i wanted to say about that not really like i said it was just fun and like i said alonzo's just man he turns over material quickly and his fans just they never tire of him you know they 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 come out Every time they'll tell them, yeah, I've seen you six times. So I I just can't wait to have that. And like I said, I'm appreciative of the fact that he brings me out there and I, I watch all his sets and I get to learn. I learn something new every time I watch him. I notice something else of like, oh, that's how to be a pro. Sp- speaking of pros, so I left I left Minneapolis Sunday evening. So about six o'clock, I think, and I had a fucking connected flight, you know, because like I said, I was being cheap on the flight, so I had a connecting flight, and as I'm collecting, making the connecting flight, you know, you got to switch your phone over in the airplane mode, but I glanced at Twitter, I glanced at Twitter, and I see people kind of making reference to Chris Rock and Will Smith, although I wasn't watching the Oscars because obviously the final four was on. So that's more pertinent to me and what I'm into. You know, St. Peter's got crushed. They got smacked. Smith act. Anyway, by North Carolina, you know. So the Cinderella was over. But yeah, casually glancing down at Twitter right before I'm switching to airplane mode. And I, I, I kind of risked some people's lives there for a second because 
they told us to shut them phones down but i was like hold up i gotta see this so boom what do i see a little clip of the oscars that it's like i don't give a fuck about the oscars who 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 has won one who hasn't all i know is clifton powell underrated as fuck he's one of the best actors to me <laughs> you know what i mean because he's in every fucking movie you know pinky and friday he's the villain in dead presidents you know Clifton Powell's come on man all the way back to Menace to Society when he's like man wait till the police get in the hold of this little tape fuck Kane which the police might get a hold of this little tape of what happened between Rock and Will anyway so yeah I go to the clip and see Will just walking up to my man and slapping him but I didn't have a lot of the context people was just sharing the slap so boom, I gotta shut the phone down because I don't want you know, a whole plane to crash because I wanted to see what happened at the Oscars. So anyway, I shut the phone off and I, I you know I get back off the plane, which you know I I think I connected from Minneapolis to DC and then from DC to New York, which is only like an hour flight. So when I got back, you know, about eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night to LaGuardia, I, I pull out the phone and I'm, I'm looking like, yo, well, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> how does Will, one of the biggest stars, you know, in the world, and certainly one of the biggest black movie stars, and, you know, Chris Rock, one of the biggest black comedians <laughs> in, in the world, you know, and just, not just black, just period. And these two that, you know, growing up I you know had a lot of respect for both obviously I'm leaning a little more towards Chris because he's a standard comedian and if you listen to the pod you know I probably can quote his act you know from special to special so it's like I started doing comedy because Chris Rock so I'm a little sad because I'm like damn man this motherfucker slapped my hero he slapped my motherfucking idol what the fuck's up with that and you know I get it like Will Smith been going through a lot and like you know whatever and we, we've all been there where we going through a lot and we just had a breaking point but for me I'm just thinking like man look man y'all like only five of six black people invite or you know two of six black people even invited to the Oscars you know and they done had that show all these years and ain't nobody took their ass down there and got to fighting. So let's chill the fuck out. And if we gonna fight, let's fight. But nigga, let's, let's do it behind the scenes. You know what I mean? My fucking, uh, I'm sure white people get violent, but it's behind, behind the scenes. It ain't all out on front street, you know? And like I said, especially for two people that I respect, and I, I will admit, I lost a little respect for Will because I felt like, and I, and I ain't even going to take the stereotypical route and no Jada diss him and he a cuck and all that shit. I still got mad respect for Will, you know. Like I said, I seen dude go from a rapper that people wasn't taking serious to, to a very serious actor and, you know, one of the highest paid. And I seen him, you know, have to accept Jada, which quietly a lot of men, you know, they get cheated on and shit, they're not gonna ever admit to you that they got cheated on and that they took her back, and that's the only difference 
between Will and a lot of you motherfuckers. A lot of you motherfuckers got cheated on, found out she cheated and took her back. You just didn't have to go sit on Red Table Talk and they didn't meme you because your ass ain't famous. But you sit there and you listen to goddamn Teddy Pendergrass, Love TKO, and you sip you some motherfucking uh, Jameson or some Crown and Coke and you think about how the bitch played you and how maybe it was your fault because you wasn't quite on your job so it is what it is I know men hurt I know motherfuckers cry in the dark or when ain't nobody looking shit I done had some times myself with some women never quite that bad but I'm just saying I'm realistic I understand you know that mommy might have slid off after them kids graduated and left what what they call them empty nesters that maybe dad was spending a little too much time golfing or bowling or whatever the fuck he liked to do and mom slid off one time and never really even told the kids because you know it ain't none of their business but they stayed together you know what i mean once again it just wasn't on the news and it wasn't on all all on front street so yeah man yeah I, I got mad respect for will but like i said I, I felt like that was a lot of misguided anger and now people is going back and they digging up the clip of when the whole oscar so white thing popped off you know a few years ago with the oscars when i think jada if i remember correctly and don't quote me had taking offense to the fact that Will wasn't nominated and kind of popped off the whole Oscar so white hashtag I don't think she did it herself but you know it was people's reaction to Philip her feeling like Will was disrespected or not acknowledged and then you know it was people's reaction to uh, siding or agreeing with her was hashtag Oscar so white so I remember that but Chris Rock was the host and Chris you know at the time felt a way cause he's hosting and as somebody should you know and I think that's a tricky thing that we don't talk about a lot like okay so for comedy and for comedians you know diversity and inclusion which I've, I'll, I'll always say diversity obviously is necessary look at the country we live in I don't have to give you a history lesson on what the fuck went on here as far as slavery da 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 discrimination Jim Crow the whole nine but in recent times this whole inclusion thing that it's gotten to be like, yo, you know, comes off more like entitlement. You know, it's, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, you guys should make more characters that are left handed. You know, there's no left handed comic book characters. When we going to get a left handed Batman, you know, and it comes off more as petty that it's like, you know, it's one thing for black people to want to be represented or for Asian people to want to be represented is one thing even for like who should I say here <laughs> one thing even for you know plus size or bigger women or whatever to want to be included in some stuff although I'll say there's some stuff they don't belong 
and that just is what it is, you know, but I understand, you know, representation of people wanting to see themselves, but then there's this side of inclusion that, and what I wanted to talk about was Oscar So White came off, well, what winds up sad part of inclusion and this whole thing that we call inclusion is you know what what wind up happening with Will and Jada or with Rock is that he's and okay so yes this is what I wanted to touch on with the inclusion and diversity thing so like I'll say for myself you know there are a lot of um comedians that would have something to say about comedy clubs and the thing about that is you know you could always expect somebody to be somewhat defensive as someone who works a lot of clubs I'll get defensive because it's like you know a lot of people don't want to put in the work and they don't want to um be present they don't go to these places and then they just come on the internet and complain. No one's including me. Yeah, cool. I mean, you got a point. They do need to have more black comics. So I always agree with that argument. It's as simple as counting, you know, with your fingers usually. Oh, okay, there's eight comedians on the lineup. Only one of them are black. So yeah, always I'm gonna agree with you, but the way p- people go about a lot of shit and then some of these people even, you know, will kind of say shit almost every week about, you know, clubs as to insult the black comedians who are working there. And you see that a lot. And it's kind of corny. So I'm going to say, yeah, you know, whatever happened between Will and Jada and it was subliminals mainly well obviously Chris said her name at the Oscar so white Oscars maybe he felt like a little bit she was and indirectly people were taking shots at him for hosting by saying you know you're boycotting an event that I'm hosting and an event that you know he might have needed to check for you know he got a you know man getting a divorce and everything you know who knows, you know, so I'm saying that to say, I, I see that at times, you know, people say to certain black comedians, oh, well, you know, this guy's a racist that books that club, and you go, well, what happened, and, and mind you, seven times out of ten, yeah, probably so, we live in America, probably is a racist, but I need this money, and I didn't come 800 miles from Indianapolis to be out here having my job or what jobs I take dictated by the emotions of some random black comedian that I now gotta agree with because we black so I'm saying I understood Chris might have felt like you know I'm hosting and I'm working with them people why you doing that now so I could see how that could happen. But now I could also see once you I, I thought the alopecia joke was a little weak, meaning like I didn't think that that it warranted such a crazy reaction because 
Jada's fucking beautiful. And for years, none of us never really knew that. I never knew the girl had alopecia. I just always thought she rocked her hair short. And like I said, come on, man. You you can dig up this podcast where I've told you Jason's lyric, Jada? In, in Jason's, the movie Jason's lyric with, with Island Payne? I remember my mom throwing the blanket over my head when they got the bone. And I'm look, I might have been like 10 years old, but I'm like, yo, this JJ the fine as fuck. And her hair was short then, you know what I mean? It wasn't super duper short like it is now, but it was short. So, so I also understand how, you know, when you add the Oscar so white thing, how Will could have felt like, you know what? This motherfucker always suck, got something smart to say about me or my wife, so I got to do something. But I just felt like wrong place, wrong time. And I think sometimes that's why I know sometimes people will say always don't, you know, don't respond to everything someone says. But I think Will probably should have handled that in the Oscar so white year to say, hey, man, you know, what? what's this... Because very much when we heard the the G.I. Jane hair joke, we all like, why he overreacted like that to that? And, you know, for those of you who going to go, oh, well, you know, that that's a low low hanging fruit or something that shouldn't be said. It's like fair enough. But the thing is. When you make a mistake, and I'm willing to say, okay, Rock didn't know that. And that's why it got awkward. But had he have known, I don't think he would have said it. So, comedians, we just doing a job, and sometimes we uh, make a mistake. And there's sometimes information we don't have. You know, somebody may say, you know, stand up, and, and the dude in a wheelchair or something, you know, it's dark. You can't see you know, a lot of times who's in front of you, you just might say, stand up, man, or, you know, whatever. And and people go, oh, he's making, and it's like, oh, no, I, I can't fucking see him. So there's sometimes information you don't have. So I'm saying there was some information Rock didn't have. So, you know, people make mistakes at their jobs. So to see everyone go with, well, sometimes you say some shit and you ain't responsible for how people act or you don't get to tell them how they should act. Okay, cool. So comedian makes a joke and didn't have some information. That's a mistake. You make mistakes on your job. Should somebody bring their ass down there and slap you when a motherfucker asks for onion rings and you still give them french fries with their combo meal? Should a motherfucker come down there and reach across the counter and slap the shit out of you. And mind you, I'm I'm for violence and I'm going to explain it. Obviously, this is the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. I'm all about it. But what I notice is that your punk ass, your bitch ass, listening. Well, nah, my listening is kind of tough. But but a lot of the internet and these, especially black Twitter, is all about therapy and all about healing and all about anti-toxic and we can't be hyper-masculine and no fighting and no threatening people. So to now see they asses who would get offended if somebody got called the wrong pronoun, you know, indirectly or directly, which, you know, 
so yeah, it's like, don't, oh, now y'all fucking tough guys. And you know, for Will, it's like, dude, dude, where was all this smoke for, you know, August Alcina? And then to see, you know, little Will Smith, what is his name? Jaden Smith talking about that's, that's how the family does it. And you go, didn't you introduce this motherfucker to August Alcina? You introduced your mother to the man that, you know, fucked her and was cheating on your father with. So, fuck you. Like, shut the fuck up. Y'all got all the smoke for the wrong motherfucker. And that's where I think I get to feeling sorry for Rock that it's like all this smoke for a motherfucker that ain't done nothing to you. But a motherfucker that done did something to you, you ain't got no smoke for. And I mean, we can get off into the, oh, well, it was consensual and Jada and him are dotes and Will's dealt with that. And I'm sure he has. But you know what? That felt like some misguided anger and wrong place, wrong time. And it's just like, you know, in front of the whole world, bruh, in front of the whole world, that's that's what we going to do. And like I said, had Rock retaliated and they tore that motherfucker up. We would never be allowed down back at that motherfucker. And I mean, this is why we do gotta, you know, start honoring or, you know, respecting the BET Awards more than we do. Because ultimately, it's like, yo, you know, we, we shouldn't have to get off in the hashtag Oscar's so white. You know what I mean? It's just corny at this point. We got our own things for a reason. And let's celebrate them and not make them punchlines. But yet, you know, it just felt gross. Because then Will was kind of gloating and showboating a little, yelling, Yo, yo, keep my wife's name out your mouth. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. And you going, oh boy, just had your wife in his mouth. And you ain't said shit about him. Not a, not a peep of anger out of you but now you're thumping your chest and like i said i get it we deal with shit we all explode and it might not be at the right place or the right time but i just felt like that was a little bit of a cheap shot and i mean obviously he's seen him coming and like i said more than anything what i'm in protest of is not the smack or the violence because i don't want will arrested you know what i mean be a legend i don't want that man i am legend <laughs> i don't want him arrested or nothing i don't want charges pressed none of that shit what i want is for a lot of y'all to explain to me how y'all all of a sudden cool with violence here's why i get pissed off two things one is is this idea that 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 black women are off limits as far as jokes go who the fuck told y'all that where is that idea even coming from? And especially when, come on, let's be real, man. You know, I'm from the neighborhood. I don't like to say I'm from the hood. I don't, I, 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 I'm from the neighborhood. It's the Black women cut the most motherfucking jokes and really be starting a lot of drama and a lot of bullshit. And that's where I get mad because I know they ain't finna fight and the show ain't finna throw no hands and ain't finna do nothing about nothing but be having the most to say about motherfuckers, A, and B, be putting the most batteries in dudes' backs to go do some dumb shit that's gonna get them beat the fuck up, jumped, shot, or put in jail. 
And then when the shit's over, we'll bring their ass back calling us toxic. And we got to learn to control our emotions and don't react like that. But then uh, do all of this over a damn hair joke. And then, like I said, it's one thing for it to happen. It's another thing for your ass to justify it. You know what I mean? I could kind of understand why Jada going to feel how she going to feel. Now, I'm still going to say she overreacted or, you know, if she, in fact, had him do that, that is an overreaction. In my book. But. Like I said. That, that's where I get pissed. Because you go. You know. They always putting that battery in somebody back. And and, and, and and like I said. I understand why Jada going to feel how she going to feel. But you should at least be. Adult enough. As a person who is not Jada or Will. To say alright. Well that was wrong. That was wrong. But you get on the internet and, oh, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to hold the fuck up. Last week, y'all was mad at Kanye for threatening to do all the shit that Will did to Chris about his wife to Pete Davidson. So what the fuck is that about? Oh, well, he didn't make no hair jokes. Man, watch SNL. They done made plenty of jokes about Kanye. And plenty of jokes about the Kardashians, too. So, like I said, I you know, one is this whole idea that you know, black women is off limits. Who told you that? And even like I said, the main part about that is that they not finna do shit. Sit back and let you uh jump up in there. In, in defense of their honor and get your ass beat the fuck up arrested or shot that's what the fuck they finna do and when you get belted out they gonna offer you that same worn out wound <laughs> that they was offering motherfuckers uh, for valentine's day and, and your birthday and christmas same one so y'all motherfuckers be careful you know, I'm gonna keep it to where I would say with that whole protect black women bullshit that it's like, hey man, take care of your wife, take care of your sister and your mother and your daughters. The rest of these motherfuckers is on their own. Like I said, they will allow your ass to get shot, whatever, set the fuck up, anything. All cause you was Oh, oh, well, I didn't tell you to go on down there and do that or whatever. And it's like, nah, man, y'all be doing the most. And then, like I said, going to justify. Oh, yeah, get them, sis. But like I said, ain't ain't going to bust a motherfucking grape themselves. And then if you don't do it, oh, well, you 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 shouldn't have let them talk about me like that or whatever. Or, you know, if you get beat up. Willard got his ass whooped and came on back down to the Jada. Just Jada, eh, yeah, I didn't tell you to go up there. And that's the kind of shit they do. Remember my mama told me a story about a girl on First 48. And I mean, it's a little separate, but she said that the girl was like posting her pictures and getting dudes robbed. You know, they would come to the crib or whatever to meet up with her. And then they would rob them 
They said after about the third dude, they caught on or whatever. And I think they arrested the girl and the guy. And then the girl goes, well, I didn't do nothing. And it's like, you didn't do nothing. You understand how being an accomplice works? Yeah, a lot of this, a lot of this shit that go on amongst black men, you know, killing, dude, being in jail, whatever the, the violence, a lot of it is instigated by women. So, yeah, I feel a fucking way when, you know, every black woman jumps on and goes, oh, yeah, you got to hit that motherfucker, man. Uh, first off, cut it out because you just last week was allegedly so mad about Kanye. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing. Context fucking matters for people. So I got to say, as a comic, it's like, you know, we got to fight cancel culture. We got to fight this and that. And like I said, I'm I'm okay. I done been hit with a chicken wing and the shit's funny now. But it's like, you know, I'm okay with a motherfucker getting slapped. But but we not going to act like it's right. That shit was wrong. You know what I mean? That shit was wrong. And like I said, if you feel like, oh, well, you a mistake. And that's what people get. And people had a right to react. Cool. Like I said, when your ass gets somebody Sprite instead of Coke, I hope your ass gets slapped down at your job. So, yeah, man. Context fucking matters. It's like Chris is a comedian, one of the greatest comedians of all time. He's at a award show, the Oscars, so you knew some jokes was coming. He joked on this white couple right before he went over to Will and Jada. You know, he was kind of working his way left to right. And then he was interrupted by Will, but he was working his way left to right. Made the jokes about the white couple and they just kind of laughed him off and shrugged. And even with Will laughing, I say I don't I don't think Will thought the joke was funny. I think Will's used to getting jokes made about him. So Will just kind of that's his face of like fake laughter. Ha <laughs> ha. You got me, player. You got us, player. You know what I mean? And that's that's his. uh, You know, that's his game face that he made of like, you know, just smile through it, whatever. It'll be over shortly, you know, a little 30-second joke. But, yeah, it's like context matters. It's like people are removing context to make Chris Rock the bad guy. A, I don't think he knew she had alopecia. B, he's a comedian being paid to host the Oscars. Like, people was comparing that to Crack Panther and, you know, when people were making fun of Chadwick Boseman. And I'm like, there's a big difference between... You hopping your ass on Twitter and making fun of somebody who may look a little sick or I shouldn't say sick because people didn't think Chadwick was sick. May look a little, um, what's the word I'm saying, skinnier than they were, you know. But then to, like I said, it's one thing to be the first one to say Crack Panther. It's another thing to be the fucking 5,000 because that's what happened. And like I said, all these dumbasses, oh, black Twitter so funny. Them niggas is largely cornballs who copy and paste shit that other people have said. And a lot of shit be comedians jokes. Y'all just don't be up on the shit to even know that. Carlos Miller said it one time like, God damn, it's like I didn't even say that joke. Y'all up here tweeting my shit and passing it around. So, yeah, I only say that because 
I keep seeing corny comedians or really motherfuckers who couldn't hack it in comedy. Uh, black Twitter is funnier about the Crip Rock thing than the actual comedian. Oh, sure, sure. Shut your ass up, bunch of fucking tweeting ass nerds. Like I said, motherfuckers fake offended by everything and think they get to dictate who gets to say what, who, where, and how. But yeah, context matters. Like I said, it's one thing to, you know, crack panther. Ah, nobody's paying you. Nobody asked for your ass to do that. You just did it for free. You're not a comedian. Chris is, uh, like I said, one of the best comedians. My favorite comedian. I'd, I'd rank him number one. So what the fuck? He made a joke and maybe made a mistake or, or there was some information he didn't have. And if Will had a said, hey, man, you know, my wife is going through a thing. I'm sure Chris would have said, oh, my bad. And and probably punished uh, publicly apologized right there on the same stage that he said it on. So, yeah, I definitely think Will felt like Chris was the nigga to steal on. You know, it's one of them things like when you growing up and and a big dude say something and then the dude who gets something said about him, don't get mad at the big dude. He get mad at the smaller dude who laughed at the thing that the bigger dude said. And it's like, nah, you picking your fights now. Fight who the fuck you supposed to fight. Fight who disrespected you and not just disrespected you, disrespected your family and your wife. So, yeah, it felt, it felt a little corny and a little forced from Will. Felt a little corny and a little forced. But context matters. Like I said, this dude's a paid comedian. By all means, this dude is a paid comedian who hosts the Oscars and was presenting an award and made a joke. So you, especially being in entertainment, Will, been in uh, entertainment all these years, should understand, all right, my job is me and my wife going to sit down front, you know, at the Oscars, and some jokes may be made, right? And fucking Laverne Cox, you know, said something about entanglements right to their face a couple weeks ago. And Will ain't do shit. So, you know, you would have thought if Will was going to get mad, he'd get mad about you talking about the thing that we've been talking about. I don't even like talking about it because it really ain't none of our goddamn business. But they done told every motherfucking body. So anyway, context matters, you know. Chris is the paid host, comedian at the Oscars presenting. Will should, as a veteran entertainer, understand I'm going to sit here and they are going to be making some jokes about some people. So maybe we shouldn't, you know, have a sensitive shoes on. But he had his sensitive shoes on last night. Now, by all means, listening, motherfuckers, if you out at the mall with your girl and a motherfucker walk past or something, something, your girl look like G.I. Jane, then that is an invitation to fight. Because this motherfucker's not a comedian. Ain't nobody paid him to come down there and do that. You you didn't know before that they would be there. So yeah, context fucking matters. Stop acting like fucking context don't matter. 
And like I said, if you're one of these people justifying it, I want to know how you also so mad at Kanye for saying he want to do all these things to his wife's new boyfriend. Is, is that what matters now? Is it just a matter of if your girlfriend or wife say you can fight, you can hit them. You can, violence is cool, but only with permission from your spouse. Like the fuck is y'all saying? Y'all don't be making no sense. None at all. Y'all inconsistent. And yes, I said that Kanye's fighting for his family and everybody told me, well, you wrong. So Will should fight for his family too, but he should fight the right motherfuckers and he fighting the wrong ones. Motherfuckers who made a joke. And, 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 and she do look like G.I. Jane. But, 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 because fucking Demi Moore shaved her head all them years ago and Demi Moore was bad. Strip tease and all that shit. So, yeah, she do look like motherfucking G.I. Like, t the joke was actually kind of accurate. Like I said, we, that, and, and like I said, Jada's beautiful. It's all simultaneous. And that's the thing I don't think women get about, like, just because a motherfucker cut a joke on you don't mean you're not pretty. It don't mean you're not fine. I'm seeing women type paragraphs. They lowering our self-worth. I'm like, what? How the fuck did a joke and some girl argued with me and when black women, we we're always the butt of jokes. And I said, no, you never are. That's why every time you are, you react so dramatically. Uh, just and then and some of these black women I'm arguing with are they comedians. So it's just like, what what? Uh, I've said this a million times on this podcast, you know. But we make fun of everybody, white people, black people, Asian people, fat people, Mexicans, everybody. We make fun of religion, Muslim, Jewish, everybody, Christians, everybody, Catholics. Yeah, we make fun of everybody. And come on, man. And yeah, I'm a little sensitive to it. This is this is how I want to make my living the fuck and and i knew right where we were going because when you see it happen then you start seeing people tweet oh oh we should just get rid of all comedians some dumbass girl said and it's like what yeah i have more fun read memes yeah that's because you can't cancel a meme that's because you can't make a meme lose sponsorship you're doing that to everybody Who's a person stupid? Really, the only choice you're leaving comedians is to write the shit on a sheet on a sheet of paper and then put it on the internet, which is basically a meme, you know, a picture and a and, and a written joke above it, you know, a small one. Which we're gonna lack depth. Then there's gonna be no real shit that touches you, cause it's all that shit, surface bullshit. So yeah, the point is just like cut it the fuck out. Being so sensitive about every fucking thing. And I hate it because every time I come on here, you know, I came on here two episodes ago and was talking about Joe Rogan. And I mean, those weren't jokes he was making, but just 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 feel like comedy be under attack, dog. That's how it feel. It feel like everybody trying to find a reason. If they ain't trying to get in your pockets, they trying to punch you. 
That's just how I feel. Now, I'm, I'm well aware that that's not the reality that I've gone on stage several times a year and probably only had confrontation or conflict maybe maybe about five or six times in, in 16, 17 years. So it's rare, but 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 it's still it just you know I don't feel like in any other art form you would have seen and then that's part of the problem too you got these bitch ass half comic half writers half social justice warriors that they you know if Michael Jordan if if if, if a fan ran out on the court you know when 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 the motherfucker ran out on the tennis court and stabbed Monica Sellis. You didn't see any tennis people being like, yeah, man, sometimes you got to watch how you serve. Like, no one defended that. But you got these halfway ass comedians. Yeah, man, you know, you got wife, what you say about people's wife. Which is some real dehumanizing dumb shit to say anyway, because it's like, oh, so, so what about if she's single? If Jada was sing- single, that joke was okay? Shut the fuck up. And then that's the other side of objectification that people don't want to talk about, you know. And people always want to talk about sexually objectifying a woman, deciding what's best for her, or, you know, giving her, assigning her some intentions or whatever that she may not agree to you know what i mean oh i sure like to take my finger and whoa whoa player you seen what happened to Artie lang <laughs> when he was on twitter talking about carrie champion i think it was all them years ago motherfucker said whoa whoa player fuck is you doing and he was out of line because it's like dog you know her talking about making a black woman your sex slave hold up player I mean, I know, I see where you're going, but nah, motherfucker, you got to be more aware than that. The cocaine ain't that good. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. You know, objectification also is when you decide, you know, my sister's upset about that thing you said, and then you punch somebody. You know what I mean? You fuck around, get arrested. You call home to your sister. Yo, yo. They they saying my bell, $700. And your sister going, I didn't tell you to punch him. I wasn't tripping off what he said. Matter of fact, me and him used to mess around back in the day. And your ass sitting in the cell looking stupid. And she going, I ain't got no $700. And also, I'm meeting up with him tonight. And your ass going, woo. I done overreacted. Yeah, motherfucker. Like I said, objectification, that's also deciding she's upset. You know what I mean? And she might not be. So, it is what it is. I don't know if I'm going to make this part two or part one. But I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk some sports in the morning. Either before or after this, but... I think I done said all I want to say on that issue. Context matters, people. Motherfuckers are paid comedian, paid to be there, paid to make a few jokes, made some jokes about a husband and wife right before he made the joke about you. So ask yourself why you took that so personal. And I do, I do feel a little sorry for Will. Will's taking a lot of abuse 
through memes and other things over the last few years. But but yeah, I mean, he issued an apology today, so he he knows he might over went a little overboard. And like I said, I don't want nobody arrested or nothing. I, all I want is answers from the social justice crew as to how they now condone violence. You know, it's peace in the Ukraine, wishing for peace in the Ukraine, but 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 hoping for ass whoopings at the Oscars for any comedian who dare talk about a black woman. What? Cut it out. How the fuck y'all know Ukraine ain't make a joke about Putin's wife? Since that's the only... And maybe his wife is a black woman. You know, black women sensitive about their hair. All right, sis. Heard you. Gotcha. So what the fuck do I get to be sensitive about? Nothing. I, I get angry. Toxic. Ooh, you need therapy. Seek therapy. But a motherfucker say something about their hair. Then they justified in getting their cousin to shoot you. But how about this? A motherfucker say something about your hair and you want violence done? Seek therapy. Ooh, toxic. It's a two-way street. Shit just don't be looking like a quality. It be looking like they want preferential treatment. Nobody else allowed to be that sensitive about their hair or lips or whatever the hell. But I ain't you know me talking about no man. He made a movie about black women's hair, so he knows. What? I don't know what that has to do with anything, but whatever. Anyway. <laughs> And there's this great clip on the internet of Will Smith making fun of somebody's hair. I think on the Arsenio show, making fun of a, somebody for having a bald head. So it's like, don't don't act like jokes don't get made. And y'all gonna get mad at the comedian of comedians at the award show of award show for making a joke. Like I said, brother, by all means, if you at the car wash and your girl bending over the vacuum and somebody say something out of line to her or make a little joke, you know, or a little pass out of gone ahead and, you know, smack them up. But, but, but I'll bring your ass to, you know, when comedians going to stage it like the Oscars or what's her name? Um, you know, Michelle Wolf hosted, uh, the, the, the white house correspondence dinner, you know, and roasted them motherfuckers. You know, don't come to one of them events and be sensitive. And, you know, I think they canceled that event, you know, the Trumpers, because they, they didn't like getting joked on by Michelle Wolf. She turned up the heat on their ass. And that's a little bit of, you know, comedians' job at these serious, you know, award shows or political events is supposed to be to make squirm in their seats a little because you know it's coming but you can't stop it you know left to right we work in the room so if you you, you know i'm gonna get to you and that's what chris was doing so like i said it's just weird that, like i said people to justify you know you you knew when you sat there what was happening 
But that's not to say that a comedian can't say it, ever say something that kind of deserved to be hit. But that that wasn't it. That wasn't the thing that, oh, well, you don't get to determine, which I, I think is so corny. You don't get to pick, choose how people react. Oh, really? You know, oh, really? Why y'all bringing up August Alcina? That was a consensual relationship uh, between Jada and him and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And you go, well, since we talking consent, because Chris Rock consent to get smacked. All right, then. So all this shit be too convenient. Context fucking matters. Like I said, by all means, if you fucking at the KFC and a motherfucker say, man, you look like you've had enough chicken, then, then go on and punch somebody over your wife. But... <laughs> But you kind of fucking commie should tell your wife to fucking loosen up, bruh. And it is what it is. If he make a joke about you, that's his job. And we're here to be the audience. So let's not be that audience. Or we could have just stayed the fuck at home if we was in. We that tight asses. And like I said, he clearly avoided the elephant in the room thing that he could have joked about, which would have been entanglements and all the bullshit so will just felt misguided to me in a little corner corny side of things and i think he could have just talked to him backstage and said yo man she and rock's a stand-up dude rock would have walked back out there and said yo my bad bro didn't mean to do that didn't mean to bring all that into the room and i mean one of the greatest comedy clips is uh Martin making fun of old girl on Def Jam. <laughs> you done put Big Bird out of business. You got kids, and she shouted out her kid. He said, hey, kids, tell mama don't wear this shit no more. Like, so, and the girl laughed. And she was dressed like Big Bird. <laughs> and I know that's different than alopecia, but I'm just saying this. I don't know where black women have gotten this idea. And like I said, I'm seeing it all over the internet. You don't be making fun of black women at all. And then some of them, you don't be talking about a black woman's hair. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, when did, when did that start? It's like, you y'all out here trying to get some sort of preferential treatment. And that just ain't how the world works. Everybody gets joked about it at some point or another. But anyway, let me get my ass off here. Like I said, I'm going to throw up this episode in the morning. So Tuesday, this will be available. And like I said, maybe I'll talk some hoops. Either, either before it or after it. Or maybe I won't. Maybe i just put this up how it is. And we're going to get back to the essence uh, in two more weeks from now. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I know I've been saying it a couple episodes now, but I'm going to really really actually get a guest and actually do some fight stories but anyway whatever the case whether i add something to this or not thanks for listening like share subscribe rate pull up in my comments let me know what the fuck you think you know what i mean what are we here for if not to exchange ideas and thoughts and opinions you know what i mean all right uh, second half of this, which I ain't gonna talk too much longer, probably another 15 minutes or so. 
because I got shit to do. I'm driving around again. Uh, I wanted to talk to y'all about. We'll pick up right where we left off. There's a this motherfucker, fucking ambulance for ambulance. I actually pronounced the U in it. The ambulance. Y'all know us. We we say McDonald's library. Which we like to say that's black people, but actually, you take your ass down south, you, you'll meet some white people that say McDonald's. Anyway, what was I? So now picking up where we left off yeah. Uh, you know, in part one. There's this apology going around. And people are saying that, you know, Chris Rock apologized. Now, Will apologized earlier in the day. So it would make sense that Chris apologizes, you know, two hours after. But people now saying it's a fake apology. And everybody just been like, who in the hell writes a fake celebrity apology? But it's funny, man. We just created this cycle where everybody's just trying to be first. Nobody trying to be factual. Y'all killed Rick Fox with Kobe Bryant. I ain't forgot. And I won't ever forget. Had my mama crying about him with the curly hair and the green eyes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's just interesting. Like, just how far we've come to go. Is social media helping things or hurting it? How the fuck did we... Why? What motivation does somebody have to write a fake apology? A fake celebrity apology? Well, I guess to get all the likes and get all the shares and whatever, man. That's, you know, the uh, world we just live in now. It's, it's one of that, you know. Get all the likes, get all the shares, get all the comments, shade room and all them. They stay reporting shit that ain't actual stories or ain't actually factual everybody's fucking wendy williams now but yeah fake apology it's funny as a couple people just got to sharing it instantly and that's one thing too it's like when 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 chris rocker when will apologize you don't got to share the fucking apology too like we all see it bro we all see it so it's the point it's like damn why does everybody act like a goddamn news reporter now anyway some of y'all need to be sued for malpractice, false advertising, and flat-out fucking lying. That's like that uh, that Tasha K chick that's a YouTuber that went around saying something about Cardi B and, like, she had a STD and the baby was born with one. And it was some wild, disgusting shit she was saying. And, uh... You know, of course, people are entertaining it, but it's like this lady isn't a fucking credible source. And uh, Cardi, Cardi called her bluff and sued her. And I was happy because I'm like, that's what needs to happen. People need to shut the fuck up. People just act like fucking news reporters or journalists all damn day. And they don't have not a drop of fucking integrity and misleading people. You know, get somebody in fucking trouble, you know. And then, like I said, it's one thing for TMZ to report some shit, but then it's another thing for you to do it. You ain't even getting paid. But yeah, that Tasha K, she, she, she had to pay some real money and then was still running her fucking mouth. And it's like, 
Yo, you ain't learned your lesson? Leave people the fuck alone and keep people's name out your mouth. Ultimately, that's, you know, the golden rule that mom and them taught us. Ain't got something good to say. Now, again, if you're a comedian who's hired to make some jokey jokes, then commence. But otherwise, man, probably leave it alone. They take your ass to court. And anyway, yeah. So, yeah, we got fake apologies floating around. But uh, I wanted to talk to y'all about some sports shit. So switching lanes. Uh, Kyrie Irving got free. If you haven't heard the news, Kyrie Irving got free. Uh, he, they finally rolled back the mandate enough to where he can play home games now in I almost said New Jersey because the Nets used to be in New Jersey. Look at my old ass. Anyway, in Brooklyn. And I mean, it got ridiculous. It got to the point where Kyrie was allowed inside the building but wasn't allowed to play. And if you've been keeping up, you know, obviously, I don't got to explain that every step of the way, this shit just seemed dumber and dumber because players were allowed to come to New York and play. Yeah, players were allowed to come to New York and play unvaccinated. But the player who's in New York unvaccinated could not play because of some type of uh some type of loophole with the uh you know New York state employees must be or New York City employees must be you know vaccinated which when I was in Minnesota I didn't see any fucking mask, you know. And so it's just like, bro, who we kidding, you know? And so, yeah, it's good to see Kyrie finally get to play. And, I mean, he lost, I think somebody said, like, $19 million, which is half his salary. You know, I think it's 30000 So he lost about $16, 17000000 Don't quote me. This year, just by not being able to play home games, which my mother would have beat my ass. You know, black mama ain't finna play that shit. There was a uh, Royce White who was finna get drafted, <laughs> but he was afraid of flying. He had a fear of flying. Royce White. He be on doing uh, commentary with uh, Jason Whitlock of all people now, which I'm an Indiana guy. I grew up reading Jason Whitlock. Uh, he's actually a really good journalist, a sports journalist, until he starts talking politics, and then it's like fucking Herschel Walker is speaking or some shit so and you know that was back in the good old days when you talk sports and you just talk sports you didn't talk trump and all this other dumb shit that don't nobody care to really hear about our parents were right don't talk about politics when we had to let the fuck cat off the bag now people won't shut the fuck up anyway yeah so Royce White, I mean, you may hit it GPS there. Just let me shut it the fuck up. I didn't even realize it was on. Uh, but I am in the Bronx, and I be getting turned around up here like, damn. Get me back to Harlem where everything's simple. 125th, uh, Linux, you know, it's all numbers. AKA 6F, Linux, AKA Malcolm X, AKA, which who the fuck is Linux, by the way? I'm going to have to look that up. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, 
you know, Royce White was the NBA player that he got drafted but didn't play because he was afraid to, he had a fear of flying. Now, I said all that to say, back to Kyrie that, you go, boy, where black mama at? That's the ass whooping I would get if I was ever missed out on millions of dollars because I was scared to fly shit. My mama would drive me to every motherfucking city. Well, shit, come on, boy. Oh, shit, we in Toronto tonight and L.A. tomorrow. I drive you there. Get your millions of dollars. But yeah, God bless. I don't want to. I don't want to make a joke, but yeah, you know, Kyrie's other past some years ago when I think they said get, while she was giving birth, which is tragic, you know. But you go, yeah, boy, Black Daddy lets you do whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> You know, Daddy don't give a fuck. It's like uh, if you ever seen Adam Sandler movie Big Daddy where he let the kid wear swimming trunks and floaties and he let the kid name himself. You know, at a point, Daddy just like, shit, go ahead, you know, you grown, make your own decisions. Whereas Mama be like, listen here now, goddammit. You ain't gonna be out here in the world embarrassing me, motherfucker. You gonna get on this plane and you little Kyrie, you gonna get this fucking shot, Okay. 17, 18 million dollars. But I, I respected his right too. And like I said, at some point it just became very clear that it, that it was basically the no Kyrie rule. Like they were trying to make some sort of example out of him and it didn't work. Because all the boy did was score 60 points when he fucking played. He was like, well, okay, I, you know, I, I'm going to miss the next five games so I'll just score all the points in one fucking game you know so I think they failed on that one I mean obviously he lost the money but the money wasn't the point he said I want to represent the voice of the unheard you know the people that are being silenced and and I, and I, I, I agree with that a little like I said some of this shit you know obviously I'm vaccinated so I can't yell too hard but it's like nah these nurses was out in these hospitals working these streets working in close proximity to the disease who the fuck are you to now tell them they can't work because of a shot when they got us through our hardest times so you know i, I did feel like the shit was a little bit of uh what's the word i'm looking for uh it was a little bit little bit uh was a little um fuck is a word I'm looking for. It just it felt a little uh overzealous or a little um just too forceful and too you know you don't have any rights. You do what the fuck I tell you. And and I mean like I said I'm vaccinated but shit I waited a good seven eight months to go get it done because I'm like shit let me make for make sure motherfuckers ain't turning into werewolves and howling at the moon. But yeah, Kyrie got that done. And so Kyrie's back for the next 10 games or so. And like I said, the boy, it might have been a blessing in disguise for the Nets because typically Kyrie gets hurt. But, you know, him only having to play, what, 30 games or so or 25 games or so um, may have kept him healthy because last year in the playoffs he was hurt. He was hurting Boston in the playoffs, and he got hurt one year in the finals with the Cavs. So the boy gets hurt a lot. You know, he's still kind of frail. You know, he hasn't put on no weight since he really came into the league. You know, some guys 
bulk the fuck up, which that's one thing I was watching the, the college tournament the other night, March Madness and all that. And uh, Chet Holmgren. <laughs> I was kind of laughing because you go, yeah, this motherfucker built like Zendaya out here. This motherfucker has no chest. And, you know, he, he can shoot a little, but he's seven foot or whatever. Seven foot white boy for Gonzaga that you go, I've just seen this story before. I've seen Shavlik Randolph for Duke, you know. I've seen Josh McRoberts, although McRoberts was from where I'm from. So we're going to show him a little more love than that. Which McRoberts lasted a while in the league, you know. Was one of the few white boys that could dunk and had a little bit of hops. But. Chet's not that athletic, you know, but Chet, Chet can shoot. So, you know, every NBA scout is dreaming of fucking Dirk Nowitzki. And it's like, man, you got to remember all the seven foot motherfuckers that weren't Dirk. You took Darko Milicek. You took uh, Andrea Bargnani, number one pick in the fucking draft. And I'll never forget my roommate, Adam. <laughs> Shouts out to him. He called me and said, yo. You know, because Andre Bargnani got drafted by Toronto. And then somewhere uh, along the way, they realized the boys just butt a, butt a soft, stereotypical European player, you know, who can shoot and can stretch the floor, but really does little other than that. Too slow a foot to defend. Don't rebound. Don't block shots. You know, um... <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere along the way, Toronto kind of realized it and pawned him off to the Knicks. And the Knicks were like, well, we'll see if we can revive his career. And, of course, he came over. And I think he might have played about a year. And then my boy called me and said, yo, you got to see what Bargnani did last night. And Bargnani was taken off from, like, the, damn near the free throw line trying to dunk and hurt himself. And my boy was dying laughing and said, nah, man. I don't know who the fuck he thought he was out there. And you go, yeah, who the fuck did he think he was? Motherfucker just took off and hurt himself. And that was kind of the last you heard of him. I think he might have got back on the court. Darko Milicic, last I seen, that motherfucker's a strawberry farmer over in his homeland of, I think, like, like Holland or some shit. Don't quote me on that, but you know, some foreign place with windmills. But yeah, so Chet Holmgren. <laughs> they ain't added no weight. And I mean, Gonzaga lost in the tourney anyway. And like I said, he does look, he can shoot, but it's like, yeah, man, I've just seen this story a hundred times. And I mean, there are players who don't put on any weight, but it's like, even KG filled out. You know? KG never got big, but he filled out, he was strong, it's that wiry strength, you know, and you gotta be strong to be telling Carmelo Anthony, you know, your wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios, and for him to not do nothing about it, speaking of which, if Will Smith ever run into KG in some sort of hoops game, like look out for it bro <laughs> uh anyway where was i not nah, just talking about chet Holger in the tournament and st peter's lost so we got a duke unc matchup coming up on saturday so i'm gonna be somewhere with a drink watching that one that's gonna be good and it's 
Mike Shashesi's last year, which, you know, he probably seen all this, what is it, NIL and athletes actually being able to get compensated and said, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> and you go, damn, man, is that all it took to run your ass off? Athletes actually can be compensated now, you know. Shouts out to Ed O'Bannon. I feel like nobody even remembers he started that shit. Ed O'Bannon. He basically he's what Lincoln was to the to the slaves. He done freed the college players up to do local ads and shit for car deal local car dealerships and pizza places and shit. And that's good. I mean, them fucking coaches was making you know million dollars contracts and whatever else off them boys. It was a bad model that it's like at least they shouldn't have to sell their fucking jerseys in the parking lot. Who was that? Terrell Pryor? Yeah, that was Terrell Pryor. That, you know, they suspended for that. He went pro and played a few years. Played pretty well. Got drafted to the bum-ass Raiders at the time, though. But, uh, yeah, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, yeah, that UConn-Duke matchup. Or UConn. UNC and Duke. And a lot of the Krzyzewski haters are, you know, <laughs> they don't want to see him win. But it would be storybook ending to a long career. And I mean, you know, I could go on and on about why he's leaving because you go mad. Motherfuckers don't teach the game no more. And I mean, every time you start ranting about it, there's this clip of uh, Michael Irvin who was a player for the Cowboys, for those of you that don't follow sports and are listening. I don't know how you're listening to this. And he was ranting about something, old man rant, rant style. And every time I get to ranting, I think about it because he just goes out of nowhere. We losing our recipes. But he wasn't talking about cooking. He was talking about football. And that's how I feel about hoops and a lot of things. And, you know, comedy too. That, As I was saying earlier, you know, with the Twitter heads, we don't even need comics no more. And I mean, there is something to it being cheap to rag on someone's appearance. Like I did see one of the girls kind of say, well, a lot of comedians are just going to have to own up to the fact that they're actually not that funny. They're just mean. And that's one thing I say. I always try to avoid, you know, I won't be mean for being mean sake. You know, I can't say. And mind you, mean and subjective because now you got all these motherfuckers that you know whine about a, a short joke or something or fat joke even you know as long as it you know I got my jokes about BBWs and whatnot but it's not specific to any one person and even my Lizzo joke is like that's I'm not joking about Lizzo I'm joking about what Lizzo said which is a little like when Rock got in trouble, he kind of was like, yo, that wasn't a, uh, that wasn't a, the joke wasn't about Jada. The joke was about G.I. Jane. And obviously he had already gotten smacked, so it was too little too late. But, and that's the thing about jokes too. A lot of motherfuckers just hear words, certain words, what I guess people call trigger words now. And, and start, you know, going off or, you know, decide immediately how they feel when it's like, let a motherfucker at least finish their sentence. Damn. And then let them finish the sentence after that and the sentence after that. But yeah, it's, you know, we losing our recipes, damn it, you know. 
We're losing our motherfucking recipes and, you know, people seeing shit like a comedian being slapped. It's just, it just puts people in the mindset that the second that they don't like some shit, they're allowed to end it and it needs to stop. When what we used to do was get up and leave or we would uh, turn the shit off. You know, that's them screenshotting or uh, audio recording your podcast and then uploading it to, to tell the world, I don't like this. Cool. Turn it the fuck off then. And why'd you even turn it the fuck on? You know, so there's that. I know it's loud. I'm underneath the damn train tracks up here in Harlem trying to get a fucking haircut. About to go see the homie Kenny Warren. I'm sure he gonna have some shit to say about <laughs> Will Smith. I can't wait to ask him. You know, the barbershop gonna be popping. You know, that's the last place we can really speak our minds. But yeah, I think that was one of the few tweets that I saw about it that, that made sense. Was like, and I like I said, I, I try to avoid just being mean like I said and mean without a point that it's like even if you felt like I said being mean is subjective but there are some comics who like there used to be this uh comic who would make fun of ugly babies and he would do like five six minutes to where you go bruh were you an ugly baby like what's the deal like really five straight minutes and and, and I should mention he was a gay black guy so nobody wanted to kind of say to him hey man you know this joke is just fucking mean really like there's no actual substance or meat here on this bone you just yelling about ugly babies you know what I mean so it's like you know yeah sometimes look at your set and you should sometimes say to yourself well, is there an actual point there? Or you just wanted to say that? So I say that is a little bit of one of my pet peeves with comedians. Although, like I said, I, I try not to do it. And I'm sure I'm guilty of it at times still. Because, you know, we ain't fucking perfect out here. You know? Because it's not shooting 100% from the field. But yeah, we losing our recipes, you know. Strzeski leaving because... You got motherfuckers in the game. <laughs> I ain't gonna say no names. Ben Simmons. That, you know, can't... Won't shoot. We shouldn't say can't shoot. We're gonna say won't shoot. Because we haven't seen the motherfucker shoot. He might make one if he actually had the balls to take one. And Shoshesky gotta see him, you know, one and done. You know, on to the NBA. So... Shoshesky's OG to where you, you used to didn't leave. And I mean, I'm... Don't get me wrong. I'm all for boys going and getting their money, especially when they couldn't get the NIL. But at the same time, the game is suffering because we losing our recipes. You know, there's a veteran, you know, Mark Gasol, that could hit a free throw and could make a pass, you know, that isn't in the league anymore. And, I mean, he had his time. But you got, you know, a young boy like, say, Golden State. You got uh, James Wiseman who really hasn't played his body won't hold together you know he's banged up and always hurting you go yeah you playing against grown men boy you know, I don't know what the fuck you thought and shit Kyrie only played 11 games <laughs> and what you typically see which I've mentioned before on this podcast is 
these players, they body keep breaking down, you know, when they come in the game super young. And their body just keeps breaking down. That really, until they're about 22, 23, are they able to even play a whole fucking season? Because like I've been saying, it's 82 games plus practice, you know, plus uh, weight weight rooms, plus flights. And you go from, you may have played 25 games in college, you know, 30 games, depending on how far you go in the tournaments. You know, your conference tournament and your whatever tournament. So, or your overall tournament, if you even made the damn tournament. So you getting a motherfucker that, you know, really, like I said, <laughs> really ain't been put to the test. And now you banging with the best and you banging with grown ass men. You feel me? So all that little shit you was doing in high school. And when you look at a, like I'm saying, a wise man. He, you know, he, uh, I don't want to say this. And I mean, he's essentially been hurt since last year that it's like, yeah, you know, he played maybe 15 games. Oh, he only played, I think, maybe three games in college because they caught Penny Hardaway helping him move, which I think all that shit is stupid. But it is the idea of Penny holding one end of the couch and him holding the other. It's kind of fucking funny. But yeah, Penny Hardaway allegedly gave him some money to help him move and they suspended the boy. So wasn't really his fault he didn't get to play in college. But again, didn't get to play in college. And look at Zion. Your fucking body can't hold, man. Trust me. Motherfuckers is gonna bang you around, baby. And Zion is a solid boy, but but man. That game ain't no joke. 82 fucking games plus practice plus this. It's like comedy, don't you know? Motherfuckers is always thinking about the shows when they come pop out to New York. Motherfucker, you gotta survive the mics. You gotta survive the bringer shows, boy. It's not a fucking game. You know? So a lot of times, who do you see? DeAndre George shit, Boogie Cousins. You know, he keeps getting another chance because people are hurt and everything so yeah you know i i at one point wish they would have made it two years in college because like people were saying it was kind of fucking up that game and now that they can get paid you know i don't have to we don't have to feel so bad for that anymore because they can make a little something now obviously you ain't gonna make millions which actually i've been watching the uh showtime series or is it called Showtime Winning Time on HBO, the Lakers series, which lets me let me see that I forgot you used to could come in the game as a rookie and say, I want $25 million. And a lot of times that was fucking up teams because people would say, yo, I'm a vet and you just paid this motherfucker. You just paid this motherfucker who ain't never played a day in his life $25 million. And it would create a lot of tension on the teams, you know what I mean? So, Magic on that show, which <laughs> Jerry West is a raging fucking nut. So, I kind of love that because I didn't see that coming, you know. Jerry West is the NBA logo and Jerry West's... Jerry West is always very cool when you actually see him in real life. So, it's kind of interesting that the actor who played Jerry West made that choice. <laughs> And he made the choice of 
oh, fuck that. Jerry West gonna be an angry motherfucker. And they highlight the fact that Jerry West went to the finals, I think they said like three times, but lost every one of them. <laughs> so as they get, you know, Kareem and they get Magic. So Magic's coming in and knows what they paid Bird because Bird got drafted a year before him. If you remember, which that was another interesting thing. You could draft the motherfucker the year before. Which is kind of crazy that Larry Bird was that fucking good that a motherfucker said and Red Arback said, yo, I don't give a fuck if I got to wait a year. And I remember this old ESPN classic clip where Red was just like, you know how short a year is? <laughs> so yeah, man, uh, Magic comes in the game and says, give me what Bird just got. You know what I mean? Basically. You know, at first he keeps saying, you know, five million, five million. And they going, why five million? Why five million? And then one day they go, oh, that's because that's what Bird got. And Jerry West was the coach resigned and just said he didn't have the energy for it. And then I guess as they go on later into the episodes, it's going to get off into, uh, you know, him becoming figuring out that he's a front office guy, which. You know, I think he's responsible for them getting Kobe. He's responsible for them getting Powell later on, which I always laugh about the big brother for little brother trade that he made. That it's like, who in the fuck would ever take the little brother for the big brother? And at the time, it looked like a dumbass move that it's like, yo, you just took, you know, Powell. You sent Powell Gasol from Memphis, an all-star rookie of the year, to the Lakers for this draft pick of Mark Gasol that we've never fucking seen play, you know, the little brother for the big brother, which, you know, in the hood, that was all, always pretty much a no-no. Like, the big brother was usually better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Winning time's a good one on HBO. And, oh, they show Magic having a lot of sex. <laughs> and people been saying Magic ain't so happy with that. That you go, yo, Magic ain't never told them stories. But if Magic wrote a memoir or ever wrote a tell-all book, man, that's going to be crazy. But, you know, Magic would be chilling. He'd be trying to play like he a fucking uh, holy man or some shit. <laughs> But that would probably be a hell of a book. And uh, Magic's actually releasing his own documentary right now, I think, or in another month or so, he's going to release one. And everybody's laughing. They're like, yo, <laughs> Magic trying to erase that uh, HBO sh TV show from our memories real quick. But it's like, hey, brother, you ain't get that shit by going to church every Sunday. Mm, cut it out. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting show. Y'all got to check that out if y'all into sports. But, yeah, I had forgot, motherfuckers. Used to come in the game, demanded so much money. They capped that shit off. But Magic Magic wanted his rookie year, you know. Fairy tale shit. Hit the, hit the hook shot. Remember the hook shot? Because Kareem was injured, I think, in the finals. Who did they play? Was it the Celtics? Hit the hook shot. Just like Kareem, boom, and started at center. Jerry West was talking about making him a damn point guard. Or not letting him play point guard. 
and Norm Nixon, he's a character in the movie, which Norm was an all-star, so people was kind of like, oh, you drafted him. You drafted him. Ah, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting show, you know. And Norm told him to stay in college in the TV show, which I don't know if Norm actually told him that, but it was kind of mean. Norm whooped his ass in a fur coat <laughs> and told him, you dress like a country slob. What the fuck's up with them boots? And took him to, you know, some hairdressers and shit in L.A. But I got to watch the latest episode. Like I said, it's probably good. But I don't want to talk too long on this motherfucker. So on that note, I'm going to go ahead and sign out. Thanks for listening to another episode. Ah, man. That nigga tell me you ain't getting to the same spot. Got to it with another motherfucker about some parking, but at least he didn't jump out the damn car. We handled that shit like men. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he didn't jump into my spot and stand there. We handled that shit like men. His car a little bigger than mine. He got a whole, what is this, basically a truck. So I'm like, you know what, man? Go ahead and hold that down. I'm sure it's daytime. It's another spot probably somewhere. But yeah, what was I saying? I was talking about Showtime or Winning Time on HBO's a dope show. Uh, what I want to say, I guess I just wanted to close out. Thank you all for listening. One, two, now some shows. Uh, I'll be at the comic strip here in the city. I'll be at the comic strip here in the city. Uh, April 10th? Yeah, that's the month we coming into, which I'm losing my mind here. Looking for parking and don't be knowing which cities I'm in and what times. Anyway, yeah, April 10th, I'm at the comic strip here in the city. Do I got any other dates? Ah, nothing's coming to mind. Nothing's coming to mind. Oh, April 18th, I'll be at the cellar or Fat Black Pussycat Revel. So that's another date I got. Can't think of no more dates right now. Oh, I'm going to be at Bananas in New Jersey with Alonzo Bolton featuring for him uh, next month. Or at the end of the month. So I think the 26th. Don't quote me on that. But towards the end of the month. So if you're a fan of me, pull up. Come out, laugh. Those are the dates for now. Oh, tonight I'm in Manhattan somewhere. So like I said, check my page. So I'll be posting where the shows are. i just be forgetting <laughs> what I got till somebody tag me. But uh, yeah, like the podcast, uh, subscribe, share it, uh, pull up, leave me some comments, some reviews, folks. I need to make some money off this damn podcast. But uh, that's all from me. Like, share, subscribe.